0: Thank mm-hmm. Well, hey, we are on, yes, again, believe it or not, the topic of salvation. salvation. That's right. We've been there a couple times before. And believe it or not, I need to start off with some famous last words with our study tonight, because believe it or not, it has a lot to do with our study. Okay, Uh, maybe you guys unfortunately know some people who uh, uh, met their demise, family, friends, people you've known throughout the years, and maybe you happen to be there or it was recorded what their last words were. Uh, before their demise. Maybe it could be something like this. Uh, one guy, apparently, right before it happened, he says, hey, did you turn the power off? And that was the last thing he ever said. One guy says, hey, I'll get a world record for this. Another guy says, hey, I'll hold it. You light the fuse. Okay, another person said, hey, don't worry. It's fireproof. Another person said, hey, it's strong enough for both of us. Another guy said, hey, I've done this before. No, 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 I've seen this done on TV. A uh, nice doggie was the guy's last words. Hey, now watch this. Hey, pull the pin and count to what? No, no, no. Hey, hey listen, my brakes are fine. Okay. Hey, I've done this so many times, I can do it with my eyes closed. Listen, listen, I, I, I've, I'm taking a course in chemistry. I know what I'm doing. Okay. And the one says uh, this, hey, what does this button do? Hmm. Uh, which wire was I supposed to cut again? That's right. Hey, I can make this light before it changes. Hey, look, ma, no hands. Hey, watch this. Don't worry. I'm sure it's dead by now. I don't know. Press the button, Ruth, and find out. Uh, Don't worry, it's not contagious. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. Hey, he can't hear us. He's miles away. Hey, don't worry, we outnumber them. That's right. Hey, I'm sure it's just the wind. Uh, Of of course it's safe. There's only one way to find out. Hey, I know this is a great shortcut. We can take... No, 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 I tell you what, let me fix it. And my all-time favorite, here's the whole point. I think, famous last words, I think tonight we're actually going to finish this section on salvation. (laughs) I really do. Maybe it's the famous last words, but hey, I am a man of faith. But that's right. Salvation is where we're at. And uh, if you want to turn there, we're actually, believe it or not, we're cruising now. We're on page 18. As we see there, as you turn there, I'm going to buy some time and recap. We've already seen with this amazing act of salvation, hey, listen, it is completely unique. And we saw that with the uniqueness of Jesus. And then we flipped it around and to dispel the lie that all religions are basically the same. That's not true. We even took a look at the world religions, and they don't even agree. So how in the world could you maintain that? Then we saw the great news that there is a God. Anybody glad that God exists? Okay, but specifically the Bible says if there's one characteristic, God he is holy. He is holy. He is holy. Okay, that's cool. But we saw, hey, that's the uh, the, the, the great announcement. But here's the great problem: man is unholy. Okay, as we've been saw, and that's the problem. As we saw, it's not just hey, God exists. That's great. Okay, the problem is we are separated from Him because of our sin. And then we saw, okay, well, okay, you might sit there and go, okay, so what? So I blew it. I'm a sinner. So God is holy, and I'm not dee doo da. Well, the Bible says when it comes to salvation, there's a penalty okay there is a penalty that's involved because god is not just holy okay as we saw god is just or righteous and because of that he demands punishment of sin god has to otherwise he wouldn't be holy because if he did not punish sin that something had to be done for sin then in essence he would be condoning sin which is completely polar opposite of the core character that he is holy, okay? And then we saw where we started to get into last week, okay, that's the problem, that man is sinful, God is holy. uh, That's the penalty. The penalty is not just a a separation from God. Let's define it for what it is. Where do you go? Hell, Hell, okay? Now, and the reason why, hell, in case you're wondering, maybe sometime we'll get into this, all the arguments that people have that hell doesn't exist, etc., blah, blah, blah. But one thing you need to understand that people want to chafe at is they say that, well, okay, if there is a hell... Uh, And, you know, they'll at least give in to that because the Bible is all clear about that, Old and New Testament. How do you get around that? Okay, they'll try to soften it by saying, well, it doesn't last forever. It's only temporary. Really read Revelation. It says at the end of the seven-year tribulation, the second coming of Jesus Christ, okay, that the beast, the Antichrist, and the false prophet are chucked in there, okay, and then you see it again. It's uh, at the end of the millennial kingdom. That's a 1,000 years later, Okay, it talks about people going in there where the beast and the false prophet are. They're still alive in that place a thousand years later. Okay, the doctrine that they use is annihilation. They want to say that uh, you just go in there and, well, God, you know. And again, as we saw before, the reason why people balk at this is because they don't understand the holiness of God, okay? But the issue is the reason why it's forever is kind of a twofold thing. Uh, One is we are created, mankind, unlike the animals, unlike the plants. We are created in his image spiritually and morally. Spiritually means that we are eternal in nature. We're going to live forever. And we were destined, originally created, to live forever with God. But because of this dilemma, this problem, and now this penalty of sin, we're gonna continue to live forever. Every person who's ever lived is going to continue to live forever. It's just as we're going to see, if you're not saved, okay, you're going to continue to exist forever uh, in heaven, or you're going to continue to exist forever in hell. So hell is forever because people are going to exist forever. And if you don't make it to heaven, you go there, okay, you're still there. Second of all, is you stop and think about it logically, okay, the punishment suffices that a sin, rebellion against an eternal, holy, righteous God, right? The only thing that would satisfy his punishment is eternal punishment. Okay, against an eternal, holy, righteous God, etc., etc. But Lord, well, maybe we'll get into that some other time. But we saw the good news is praise God. That's the problem. That's the dilemma. That's the penalty. That God is not just holy. He's not just just. But he is what? Gracious, gracious as we saw there. Grace means unmerited favor. And we saw that it was defined uh, as favor or gracious care or help. Now we're at this section there at the middle of the page, 18, grace at work. I believe is where we left off. Let's pick up there. As a result of the love, that's your next blank there, the love of this gracious God. Now, remember last time, if you were here, we defined the four different Greek words for love. I'm not going to go through that again, but the fourth one was uh, the verb, because love is an action. It's a verb. It's agapao. Okay, it's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's an action. And as we saw there, the one that's used, for God so loved the world, we're going to see that text again. Okay, means this, a a self-sacrificial action purely for the benefit of another person. Right? So every time when he says God loved the world or God loves us, please, memorize that thing. Break it down. Because this world's got us thinking. It's just some emotional thing. No. It's a self-sacrificial action, okay, purely for the benefit of another person. In fact, uh, uh, anyway, we'll get to that in a second. As a result of this love, this self-sacrificial action of this gracious God, okay... He provided an answer to my pitiful state. The pitiful state was, "Uh uh-oh, I am doomed. Unless something intervenes, I'm in a heap of trouble. Forever and ever and ever, okay? Romans says, for while we were still helpless, is your next uh, phrase there, helpless, okay, at the right time, Christ died for the who? The ungodly, okay? Now, notice what we saw last week, uh, this life enhancement false gospel that is oftentimes unfortunately preached, Okay, come to Jesus and he loves you, he loves you, he loves you, and he'll make your life all right. That's not the gospel. There is no acknowledgement of the fact of the, that God is holy and of the problem that we are not unholy and of the penalty that he is just and deserves punishment for our sin. There's none of that talk, okay? That's not the gospel, okay? He says this, and he died for the ungodly. People need to know that. The American church has shrunk back so far from the the reality of hell and the reality of sin and the penalty of sin. You wonder, what are people responding to? What are they coming forward to? If they even come forward at all, okay? Is there any challenge? Is there any acknowledgement? But the Bible uses words, as we've seen before, ungodly, while we were still sinners, while we were helpless, while we were God's enemies. You need to know that. There needs to be conviction of sin, of this problem. Ah! You know, and we couch behind all these wonderful Christianese phrases that we don't even understand anymore. You know, you need to get right with God. Okay, what's that mean? You know, it's sin. Sin is a good thing. People need to understand sin. They need to understand that because if they don't get it, they're not getting the gospel. Okay, so don't shrink back. That's the very thing they need. Have you ever witnessed to somebody and they got some hang-up? We were just talking about someone with a the hang-up. They got a hang up with hell. So everybody's got some sort of hang-up. You know, there's a witness of one guy, he's a Vietnam vet, he was a, a gunner uh, 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 on the helicopters there, and he mowed a lot of people down, and he, he had a problem, and his, that was his hang-up, death. Why, if God's real, why is there suffering? There's always some hang-up, whatever. Uh, you ever try to, uh, what, I, I think the enemy too gets us sidetracked on issues, even when it comes to social issues. And what we do is we hit the social issue head-on and realize, listen, you, they need a heart change first, Okay? For instance, uh, next thing you know, you're trying to witness to somebody and they're off on the topic of abortion. Now, we know that's murder. We know that's wrong, right? Okay, but then all of a sudden you get into this topic and it's all about abortion this and that or it could be, pick another social topic. It could be homosexuality. It could be whatever it is, okay? You get to start talking about that and you get sidetracked, okay? I'm not saying you can't get equipped to share with that, but here's my point in saying that. Have you noticed that when a person gets saved, those things automatically start to take care of themselves? Because understanding the fact of homosexuality, understanding the reality that abortion is murder, listen to me very carefully on this. Don't take this wrong. That's not their greatest need. Their greatest need is Jesus Christ. They need to be saved. And when he's inside of them, they truly become born again, he will start to change them, which includes what they believe and what they think. I had this happen to me. Believe it or not, before I got saved, I'd be the first one, I wasn't some feminist guy or anything, but I'd be the first one that would say, yeah, a woman has a right to choose. Without even realizing what is coming to my mouth, choose to murder a child. What's the choice with that? Right. If you're, do you choose to murder an adult, you go to jail. Why do you get to choose to murder a you child? Know, I need to think about it. I'd be literally the first one adamantly in your face would defend that. I'm not kidding you guys. The moment I got saved, bang, it was wrong. I didn't read a verse in the Bible. I had nobody give me a sermon on it. There was no lecture. I didn't read a tract on abortion. Nothing. I knew it was wrong. Because the Spirit of God's inside of me now. As a born again Christian. So pay attention, be careful of that when you're sharing with people, they need to they need Jesus. Stick to, don't don't get all sidetracked. You know, what about UFOs? What about dinosaurs? Hey, that's great. But if they're not saved, you need to learn to get it back on track with their greatest need. And then yeah, you can talk about those things, but they need Jesus. Okay, so that's just a little side uh, deal. He he died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man, someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love. That's your blank again. His own love. Let's break it down. For God demonstrates his own self-sacrificial action purely for the benefit of another person, us. How? In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, as a result of God's love, Self-sacrificial action, purely for the benefit of another person, he allowed his son to come to the earth, take on human flesh, and die on the cross for me. For God so loved, self-sacrificial action, purely for the benefit of another person, the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Is your next two blanks there. Have eternal life. Now, as we left off with last time, we talked about the old, uh, the analogy with the train story. Remember that? Okay. And that's a great way that people, you can share with people what God has done, okay? He sacrificed his son so that other people uh, can go on through, if you remember that study. And God literally pulled the lever. But remember, uh, as we saw last time, this is where we left off, okay? You need to put it in its context. Who was on that train? It wasn't great people. It wasn't innocent people. It wasn't God's best friends and best buddies. What did we already see in the text? Sinners, ungodly. It was his enemies, okay? Okay. Can I give you a little bit of something, something graphic? Because remember, look at this from the holiness of God, which our finite brains will never get. I am fully convinced this side of heaven. Well, you know, we just get a glimpse of it in the scripture, okay? And see people's reactions to it, and it's, it's mind-blowing, and it freaks us out as we saw before, okay? But from God's point of view on that train, in his absolute infinite holiness, here's the, as he's getting ready to pull that lever, if you recall the, the illustration there, and he's going to allow his son to take the death penalty... In the place of the people, because his son fell in the gears. Okay, and so he's getting ready to pull the lever, but he knows on that uh, train, getting ready to cross, that he's about ready to sacrifice his son, is a bunch of axe murderers. Every single one of them. Serial killers. That's a self-sacrificial action purely for the benefit of somebody else. Whoa! That is love. That is a gracious act. Right? But hey, if you're just so cool and you're so wonderful, it's all about you. Just got to love yourself. It just kind of removes all that, doesn't it? You don't really appreciate it like you should. We understand who we are apart from Jesus Christ, okay? But how can a holy God accept a sinful man? Well, here's what happened. By allowing his son to die on the cross, for those of you who hooked on filling in four blanks in a row, that's right, for allowing his son to die on the cross. Okay, it's so the next blank. The way it was open for me to have a relationship is your next blank with the Holy God. You get that? Now, this is one of those things. I got to kick it a little bit. We're going to kick it, Lord willing, in great detail once we get into Christian basics, you know, Bible reading and prayer, stuff like that. I got to kick this one because I don't know about you, but I remember back in the non-Christian days, uh, stuck in New Age, just a, a slave to drugs and just all kinds of immorality. And I, I kid you not, I was in Sacramento, and I was uh, in, in an apartment on the second floor. I'm out the balcony. And I'm overlooking this, uh, this area that they hadn't developed yet. And, and the sun was going down. Got the Sierra Nevada mountains there. I'm just looking out there. I'm on that balcony, completely lost as a goose. And I got tears coming down my eyes like a little baby. And I was just hoping, wishing, praying that there was a God. That there was more to life than this. W- why am I here? What's this all about? There's got to be more than this. I literally just weeping like a baby, just, oh, oh, please. Looking up into the sky and the stars, there's got to be more, please. And then getting saved, realizing that God is real, okay? But it isn't just that God is real, and it isn't just that he saves us, and it isn't just that we're not going to hell, and it isn't just that we're going to heaven. It's just here and now as a born-again Christian, what was that blank there? We have a relationship with God. Do we have any idea how incredible that is? Absolutely mind-blowing. Now, we know that. In fact, we're trained very well in the church to say, hey, Christianity is not a religion. It's a? Yes, but how do we treat it? Like religion, you know what I'm saying, I, I just got to kick it just real quickly, um, if we really believe that Christianity is a relationship with God, now now think about that God, let's break down that term God, who are we talking about, this is the creator of the universe, you look at all the stars in the sky, he created all of them, all of them, he knows them by name, the scripture says, remember the video that we saw, I get choked up too thinking about it, remember that video that we saw, you okay, but <laughs> The video that we saw of how huge the universe is. God's above and beyond all that. He created all that. He spoke just a word. Bang, it's all into existence. And he upholds and sustains it. That God, that big, that huge, that powerful says, come to me. I know every hair on your head. And yes, some of us, Oz, it's more than others. But I'm not going to go there because you've got a good head of hair. Okay. Okay, he knows every hair on our head. He knows everything. He's intimate term about us. He knows it all. He wants to spend time with us. He asks us, please draw near to me. I'll draw near to you. Cast your cares upon me. I mean, the one who created the universe at any time, at any moment. And yet, we have to continually be reminded. We have to have our arms twisted, our teeth full, just to even read God's word. Let me give some proof to this. I'm not saying this because I'm like upset or anything. This is just a fact. It's not just sunrise. It's any church I've ever been a part of. If we really appreciate what God's done for us, why isn't this place as full as it is on Sundays? I mean, we got an opportunity to learn God's word. I mean, there's people out there like me still today that are crying, big alligator tears going, "Oh God, if there's only what's life all about? What's the truth? What's existence? Why, why, why? And here we are. We're studying it in great detail. We've got the one book that everybody they'll, they'll spend what billions of dollars on this goofball SETI program that they're sending out these signals,, bloop, 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 hoping that some alien life will come and give us the answers to life. They're digging the dirt in archaeologism pyramid. Oh, maybe we'll find some secret book that will unlock all it's right here. Right? But I ain't got time for this. Maybe I'll show up once a week. We have a relationship. Why don't we treat it like one? Is it because maybe this is the very topic we've been on for six weeks now. Salvation, it's become dry and stale to us. We don't have a clue of what it means to be saved. and It's actually gotten old. Why aren't we serving our guts out till the day we go to be with Jesus like Modell? Why isn't every week that we're not celebrating somebody like Modell? Right? Because we don't have time. That's right, Tom, we don't have time. We've got lots to do. I know, that's a practical answer. Okay. Right? But we have to have our arms twisted to read the Bible. What's going on with this? Let me, I'll kick one more. How about prayer? Have you have any clue? I like what one guy had said. I might have said this before. But he says, do you have any idea, okay, when we, when we literally open our mouth and we just say something like this, we begin to pray and we say something like this, our Father in heaven. Okay? Do you have any idea what we just said? Do you have any idea what's going on there? The one who created the universe is actually listening to us. He's actually responding. To, who are we? Right? And yet, when it comes to prayer, oh, I just ain't got time. Just don't have time. Or if we do get into prayer, oh, here's one with, with the Bible study. Uh, well, let me stick with the prayer one. We, when we get to the, the prayer issue, we get to prayer, and we finally get around to it. But then we treat it like this. All right, I'll tell you what. All right, yeah, the preacher got me, man. I, was, I just happened to walk by and get to that Wednesday night study on salvation. And I'm all convicted now because I've been praying. I'll tell, what, I'll tell you what. All right, I'll tell you what. Right, hey, God, I'll give you a little the Hey! I prayed today. I prayed. Whoa! is your audience, man. Right? John, you get an audience to speak with the whole team of Detroit Lions. Would you go up there? Guys, I just want to let you know. Here, let's see. I'm going to say, okay, bye. I got to go. Ruth, Ruth, let's go. Let's go home. Oh, no, you would take your time. Yes. We're talking God here. Let me do that. One, one, one. And again, we'll get into great detail on this. I want to dispel this baloney. Okay, because I'm fully convinced the reason why that we have to, we get into those states is we forget that we have such a great salvation. And who we are talking with and learning about and studying, it's God. We've forgotten that. And it, be, it becomes dry and still and boring. But another one that we do, I've got to kick this one. When it comes to prayer, um, we pray to God like this O oh Lord, thy and thou, thee, thy thou, thou. Verily I say, Thou, thy Lord. As thine say, thine saith in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, subsection C. As if he doesn't know where it's at in the Bible. I'm sorry. Now, let me draw this out. Sometimes we pray like that because that's how we heard other people pray. So we do it. So whatever, I'm just saying. But here's my point. It's a relationship, right? Is that how we, you, you go and you talk to your spouse? Oh, Ruthicus, oh, thine, verily, what might mealeth, might we be eating, partaketh tonight, thine love. Every, Every night. Praise God. We'll <laughs> pray for you, right? <laughs> no, we don't do that. Are you kidding me? Now here's my point. When we get into those kind of characteristics, guess what? That gets dry, stale, and boring. And you go, "What do I say next?" Oh, how many verilies have I said now? It's like, no, it's a relationship. You speak from your heart. You don't speak that way normally to anybody except from John's house, apparently. Okay, but. (laughs) Why are we speaking like that to God? No wonder it becomes dry and stale. Get back to the heart. It's a relationship is what he says. Let me share with you just real quick. Maybe I'd love to do a study on just all the things that we have become just by this act of salvation of who we are in Christ. Let me just rip off a couple of them to you. As a child of God... I am accepted by Christ, I'm an ambassador of Christ, I'm alive with Christ, and all things work together for good. I'm a believer, I'm blameless, I'm blessed in the heavenly realms, and the evil one cannot touch me. I'm brought near by the blood of Christ, I'm born again, I'm beloved, and I belong to God. I cannot be separated, I'm called to be a saint, I've been chosen before the creation of the world. I'm a citizen of heaven, I'm complete in Christ, I'm completed by God, and I cannot be condemned. I'm his disciple, I'm dearly loved, I'm delivered, I have direct access to the throne of grace, I'm dead to sin, I'm healed from sin, I'm free from sin, And I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I'm a friend of Jesus. I've been forgiven by Jesus. I'm established, anointed, and sealed by God. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. I'm free from the past. I'm kept by God's power. I'm prayed for by Christ, and I'm not going to hell. I'm a new creation. I'm not alone. I'm not helpless, and I'm not in want. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm one with him in spirit. I'm part of his kingdom. I'm a partaker in the divine nature. I have peace with God. I'm protected by God. I'm empowered by God. I've been redeemed by God. I'm a personal witness for Jesus Christ. I got the victory over death, hell, and the grave. Therefore, I am secure. I am strong, and I can stand firm in the day of evil because I am a child of God. But I don't have time to pray. What? Wednesday night? Come on, man. I've been working hard all day. We have a relationship is where we get that from in our text there is what's going on. I have a relationship with a holy God. Is what it says there. Jesus Christ, God's Son, became my perfect substitute. Peter says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. Jesus Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago to become the substitute, okay? Substitute is your blank there, for all mankind is your next blank there, all mankind, Okay? Because God is just, as we have seen, he could not overlook my sin, okay, is the issue. His wrath rested on me because God's righteousness demanded punishment of my sins. Now, I've got to kick this real quick here. We say, another Christianese phrase, we say, hey, salvation, it's a free gift from God. It's free, it's free. It, is it really free? No. See, that's the issue that I think sometimes we forget, okay? It's free for us, but it costs God his son. You see what I'm saying? Why? Because God is holy and he is just. Sin, listen, sin never goes unpunished. We're either going to take the punishment if we reject the gospel, or, praise God, because God is gracious, we are going to allow his son to take our punishment. Right? Right? But sin never goes unpunishment. Somebody has to take the hit. And that's what we saw, whether it's the train analogy, okay, or whether it's the death penalty analogy. Jesus, what was the cross as we've seen before? That's a whole nother Christianese thing we do, right? We wear the cross. We've got the cross, this cross. What is that thing? I love to break that thing down in the vernacular. If Jesus were to die in our generation for the sins of mankind, it would not be a cross that we have around our neck. It would be a hangman's noose. It would be an electric chair. Because the cross was the death penalty in its day for the criminals. Only Jesus wasn't a criminal. But he was treated like a criminal for our crimes against God. Sin is sin, right? But it will always deserve punishment. And this is what God has done. You can either pay it on your own. Don't recommend it. Because it will not satisfy His holiness and his justice, or you can let his son do it for you, and it's complete, okay, but that's what we need to understand uh, that's going on there. Let's go at the top of the next page, 19, Jesus Christ's death, therefore, satisfied, is the blank there, satisfied the righteous demands of God, okay, he took the hit from the train, he he stepped in the electric chair for me, okay, He, he took my punishment for my sins, man, is that gracious or what, okay, Is what he says, Christ was uh, him whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation or satisfaction in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed for the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time. Why? That he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, he's not going to contradict himself. He's not going to have one standard for these people whatever there, and somebody else is going to get a whole different standard or whatever. Okay? He's not going to say, well, well, this generation over here, uh, this is how I'm going to treat sin in, in essence and, and, and the punishment. And No. He, listen to what he says there. Christ's death on the cross proved that God is just by not allowing the sins of mankind to go unpunished. Okay? Therefore, now God is just, that's your blank there, God is just when he saves me since Christ paid the penalty for my sin. Do you understand that? In order for us to be saved, somebody had to take the hit. And so God graciously says, listen, I'll, I'll send my son. I was just talking to somebody this week, and they're having a concern about the, the, the Trinity and stuff like that, and we got to talk about the humanity and deity of Jesus Christ and stuff like that. And I said, that, you know, this is the importance of the virgin birth. Isn't just, that's a great doctrine, you've got to believe in that one, yuck, yuck, yuck. No, there's a lot more going on there. If Jesus, okay, uh, was born a regular birth, what would he have been born with? A sin nature, which meant he would have sinned, which then therefore were in a heap of trouble. Okay, And you have to understand, you have to keep together, uh, not just the one or the other, and that's usually where cults start. They always start by getting a misunderstanding or application of the Trinity and or misunderstanding or application of the deity and humanity of Jesus Christ. He's fully God and he's fully man at the same time. And it makes total perfect sense when it comes to the issue of salvation. Okay, Because Jesus, first of all, his virgin birth, he uh, uh, kept him from having a sin nature so that when he went to the cross, okay, he was not born of natural descent, Okay, he was born of the Holy Spirit, okay, from God, okay, so that he didn't have that, so that he could live the perfect life in our place, to be the perfect sacrifice. But listen, it had to be God. God. The only option for us to be saved was it had to come from outside of mankind because all of mankind has sin. So who in any generation of any time in human history or epoch could ever become somebody perfect to take the hit for us? nobody so the only way we were ever going to be saved from this dilemma is it had to come from god well there's a problem god can't die so this is the importance again of the virgin birth the humanity of jesus christ got to keep them all together okay is uh uh, jesus had to be man because as a man he could die okay but he had to be god because if he was just a man then he would have been born with a sin nature do you see it Absolutely amazing. And then, again, when you understand God's holiness in this aspect, he didn't have to. I mean, he could have just said, again, as we saw before, nuke the planet, start all over. He could have said, yeah, obviously I'm God. I know everything. I know that unless I step in and become a man, my son takes on human flesh, okay, and uh, die in your place, you're in a heap of trouble. You can't reverse it. I don't care if you guys go on for a trillion years. But he did it. Graciously, knowing full well. And again, what's the context? Axe murders, serial killers. Wow, absolutely amazing. Now, here's how it's received uh, as we hopefully don't end up with some famous last words. Uh, <laughs> I'm saved through faith. Okay, is there a final section there? How do you get this thing? Because here's the thing. This is the issue, guys. It's not enough just to know all the things that we've been talking about the six, uh, last six weeks. Salvation, here's salvation. God's, okay, I know God's holy, he's just. Uh, here's a penalty, I'm not. Okay, what? now what do you do? Just chalk up in your brain? When you get to heaven, you say, okay, uh, virgin birth, uh, do you agree, strongly agree, or strongly disagree? Check one. Is it a test when we get there? Yes, I have a great doctrinal statement. Hey, listen, if it stays in your head, you're no better than the demons. And James chapter 2 says the demons believe in God and they shudder and they're not saved and they shudder with terror. Okay, so just giving a mental assent, not even just to the existence of God, not even to the existence of just Jesus. Yeah, he's a historic, I believe in Jesus as if he's just some historical figure. Yeah, he did exist in the realm of time here with man. Yeah, yeah but that's not it. That's not what it means. That's not how you get saved. It's not just a mental assent of any of that stuff. It has to be received, and it has to be received by faith for two reasons. Number one, because you were not there. How many guys were there when Jesus died on the cross? last time we said that, some person actually raised their hand. They're not here, so I feel better. But anyway, not that they're not here, but anyway... (laughs) Okay. Number two, as we saw, we've all blown it. We, the, what, what's God's standard? If you want to undo the crime, okay, it isn't just do the time, then you have to have a perfect life. But we've all been stained. We've all blown it. So how could we ever undo it? We can't. So it's not just by faith because we weren't there. So it has to be by faith, right? It was 2000 years ago. Okay. So we take it by faith, but we cannot work for it either. It's impossible, right? So it has to be by faith. Okay, and that's what the scripture says. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, there is no distinction. And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. You and your house. Very quickly turn to there. Acts chapter 16. I got to kick this one real quick. I remember uh, many years ago, I went around and around with a lady and she was just taking this verse out of context. And Because uh, she was concerned about her family, and I think she was struggling with the, the issue of, of that there's a hell. And the reality that, you know what, hey, you know what, uh, if our loved ones don't get saved, guess what's going to happen? And if that doesn't keep you every single day, Christians sucking carpet and praying for your family, your heart's in the wrong spot. Okay? Now, I say this with graciousness with this lady. I think this is kind of her way to try to not deal with that harsh reality. But can I tell you that? If you deal with the harsh reality, it's very motivating. Not a day goes by that I don't pray for, I'm not saying this to boast, please don't misunderstand me, but not a day goes by that I do not pray for my unsaved family members, even my neighbors, my new neighbors, because of this reality, okay? But here's what the text says, Acts chapter 16, verse 31. It says this, and here's what she was doing. They said, they were, and they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your whole household. Now that's where she would stop. See, if I get saved, God's promised that my whole household's gonna be saved. Anybody ever see that, running people do that? Yeah, they're out there. Keep reading. It's called You're Taking It Out of Contact. Here's the reason why they got saved. is because they had the gospel presented to them, and they had a chance to respond. It says there, Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him, and to who? To all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. Okay. And uh, the jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before him. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, and he and his what? whole family keep reading okay everybody has to make their own individual decision i just need to kick that real quick but as many received him to them he gave the right to become children of god even those who believe in his name he who believes in the son who believes that jesus existed in the realm of humanity just like abraham lincoln did has eternal life no it's not mental assent. it is acknowledgement of this of the gospel when the, this is another Christianese thing that we have to break down, we say, well, you've got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If we do not translate that for the non-Christian, they're going to probably do this. Yeah, I believe. Okay, all right, I, 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 I'm not going to listen to the History Channel anymore. He really did exist. Okay, I'm a Christian. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? That's not what it means to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's not what it means to receive it by faith. I received by faith, because I wasn't there 2,000 years ago when he existed, that he really was real. I'll go a step further. I believe that, yeah, he actually died on the cross. You can give mental assent to that all day long, and you're no better off than the demons. That's not what it means to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It encompasses this whole aspect of what we've been on for six weeks. That God is holy, that we are not, that he is just. He demands punishment, that punishment is eternal separation in hell. But, praise God, he's gracious. And you need to acknowledge that and receive it by faith that he took the death penalty in your place. God says, at that point, he will save you. Do you see what that is? We are not doing anybody any favor, believe you me, when we keep using this Christianese. Let's continue on. He says this, Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ. Okay? Now, when you see those words, believe, uh, uh, faith, you need to understand what we're talking about. This it encompasses the whole thing. Okay? is what we're dealing with. In Romans three twenty eight. Paul says that a man is justified by faith, is your next blank there, by faith, apart from the works of the law. The Greek word used in the New Testament for faith can be translated trust or confidence. Okay, now you're getting closer. Okay, you're breaking down that Christianese phrase. Trust or confidence in what? I trust and I'm confident that he existed. No, trust or confident in his work on the cross. What was his work on the cross? Because the cross is a Christianese phrase. It's the death penalty. He took my, he took my punishment because sin has to be punished. He took my punishment. If you can imagine a guy who is an axe murderer, who got the death penalty, he is on death row, right? There is one way to get off. The one in the authority, the governor could grant him, even though he's guilty, he can't reverse it. He can't take it away. He has the ability, he has the authority to say, listen, I'll let you go. I will grant you a pardon. But a pardon does no good unless you receive it. And believe it or not, if I have my stats correct, there's actually been people who've been on death row, who the governor of the state has granted them a full pardon of their crimes. They went down to the jail cell to give them and they refused to take it. You know what happened? By their own doing, they had to still go to the chair. That's what God's doing every single day, guys. Every single day, he's reaching out to people saying, listen, my son is taking the death penalty to your place. And if you would just trust in that, have confidence in that, Believe this understanding that I am holy, he is not. That, that, that what he did on there, he was taking your uh, sins, uh, the punishment for your sins, in, in your place. If you would just receive that, you're out of jail. Right? Nah. Off you go. By your own doing. People send people to hell. God's made a way out. Okay, let's continue on. Here's what he says. He said, uh, uh, t- uh, turn to uh, thus to place confidence in Christ and his finished work on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins is saving faith. And I like that. I'm glad he, did, he said saving faith because there is such a thing. That's what's going on in James chapter 2, the demons with the head knowledge. That's dead faith. Okay, Lord willing, in the next chapter with assurance, we'll get into a bunch of different categories that people says that people can be duped, that the Bible says people can be duped saying that they're saved, but mm, bare minimum, you got some red flags going on. Okay? Not to get you to doubt your salvation, but there are indicators. If you just got some mental ascent going on, you're not saved. I didn't say that God did. you got a dead faith, not a saving faith. In other words, saving faith is for me. Now, this is it. This is breaking it down. Okay? It's the cross of Jesus Christ. You've got to believe on Him. It's the justification of the righteousness of the sanctification. That's what you've got to do. Who? Huh? Right? I just used perfect Christianese, didn't I? What in the world did I just say to the non-Christian? Who? Huh? Okay, here's what he says. In other words, saving faith is for me and anybody else to so completely put my hope in Christ's finished work on the cross alone as sufficient to pay for my sins that if it is not sufficient, I have no hope. Okay? Let me close with this analogy. I like this analogy of what it means to have saving faith. Okay? True faith. Okay, uh, The story is told of an expert uh, tightrope walker whose tightrope was extended across Niagara Falls. Been there, done that. Not across the falls on tightrope, but I've seen it a couple times. Uh, of course, to fall uh, from the rope would mean, obviously, destruction. And balancing his uh, long pole lightly, he steps on the rope, right? On the one side, so all across the, the falls there. And he starts across. The crowd's silent, obviously. And finally, he triumphantly places his foot on the further bank on the opposite side. And a great cheer arises above the noise of the falls. Which, if you've ever been there, boy, is that loud. That's, that's pretty thunderous. But anyway, so, but anyway, the man then turns to the crowd on that side. And he makes a thrilling proposal. He offers to recross the falls, go back the way he just came. But listen, with a man on his back. And there was actually a guy that used to do that. Start started with a B, Belinda Belinda. I forget it. There it is, and that's that the guy, and he'd do all kinds of stuff. He'd be doing, a, what, didn't he do like a somersault one time? He was out there, he got in the middle, he started cooking pancakes or something too. I mean, the guy was just phenomenal. Yeah, he carried a guy. So this is actually, in reality, somebody's actually attempted this. But listen to this, here's what he says. He said, uh, he offered to recross the falls with the man on his back, but who is going to be the man? So he uh, turns to an individual in the crowd, and he says, Do you believe I am able to carry you across? And at once, because they just saw him do it, the guy says, Hey, absolutely, I certainly do. And so then he asked the guy, He says, All right, will you let me carry you across? That's exactly what he did, Johnny. He said, uh, Hardly. You don't think I'm going to risk my life like that, do you? And so he turned away from him. Okay, so then he turns to another guy standing by and he says, And what about you? Do you believe that I could carry you across? And the guy says, Yeah, I believe. In fact, I got no doubt about it at all. And so the guy says, Will you trust me? Will you hop on my back? I'll take you across. And the guy says, Yeah, I will. So breathlessly, the people watch as he climbs onto the tightrope, walkers back, and they begin step-by-step going over, and uh, next thing you know, at last, finally, they're over, the final step is taken, and they once more stand on firm ground back on the other side. Bridging the gulf, and here's the whole point with this analogy, bridging the gulf between time and eternity is the great rope of salvation. And that's, again, the exciting little visual of an unholy man, okay, and a Holy God, as we saw there before, okay? As we saw before, John trying to make it. Okay, I just wanted to do that sound effect again. And we anyway, saw so all the attempts. We can't make it. It's impossible, okay? But if you will, the rope of salvation is there. And it's there for every single day of everybody who ever hears this wonderful message, right? It's there. Now, here's the point that we're doing with that. Uh, it says this, Jesus Christ alone is able to cross it, Okay? Uh, You may have heard all about it, and like the first man, you may even believe that Jesus can carry you across. Listen, but not until you take the final step and commit yourself to him, i.e. hop on his back, will you ever get over. God wants you to, to trust yourself completely to his son. But I like what he finishes there. He says, there's only one problem though with that illustration. It gives you the idea that trusting the Lord Jesus is something very dangerous or risky. Nothing could be further from the truth. Trusting Jesus for one's eternal salvation is the safest thing a person can do. Human tightrope walkers sometimes fail and sometimes have even plunged to their death. But the Lord Jesus Christ has never failed and he never will. Those who come to him for salvation will never be disappointed. But you gotta have true saving faith. You gotta hop on his back. And you can't do that if it's just in your head, giving mental assent. In closing, here's what Paul says to the Philippian jailer. How must I be saved? Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your whole household, as we saw the context there. Salvation comes when I, number one, understand and admit my spiritual need, i.e. that God is holy and we are not, and he demands punishment for our sins. Number two, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ of the Bible, And accept the fact that he died on the cross to pay for my sins. He took the death penalty in my place. Number three, receive him as Savior. What's that mean? Get on his back. On the tightrope. Get it out of here. You're trusting complete, full confidence that he has the ability to get you across here. Okay? Is what's going on. The Bible assures me if I, now listen, receive Christ as my Savior. That's our final christian statement for tonight. Yes, I just need to receive Christ as my Savior. What do you do? Fill out a form online? What's that mean? Everything that we just said, that it encompasses this. That's the great Christianese phrase to describe all that. God is holy, I am not, he is just, he demands punishment in my sins, I'm in a heap of trouble, I can't undo it, I can't work for it, I can't earn it, oh no, praise God, he's gracious, he allowed his son to take the death penalty in my place, and that I believe in that, I jump on his back, I put my full confidence, in fact, that's the only thing I am trusting, relying in, is his work in doing that in my behalf by faith. That's what it means to receive Christ as my savior. Here's what it says, you do that, I have eternal life. Is your blank there? Eternal life. And as we're going to see in the whole next section, and I love the fact that he put this very next, because I I don't know about you guys, but as soon as you get saved, anybody ever had the enemy start hounding you? Trying to get you to think you're not saved? Trying to think you could lose it? Okay? And when he says eternal life, can I tell you, eternal means eternal. Which is an oxymoron. How could that which is eternal become uneternal? How could that which is born again become unborn? Okay? How can that which is a gift be taken away? If it was a gift, then it wouldn't be a gift. And on and on and on it goes. We'll go into the willing great detail in our next session. Praise God. How'd that go, Tom? Hey, Ma, watch this. Famous last words. We finished it. Let's go ahead and let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today that you go to heaven